0: I want to speak on a whole different subject, Um, and I want to speak, carry on with forgiveness. Give me just a second. I want to speak of, carry on forgiveness this morning, and I think there's one area of forgiveness that I find is probably in ministry is the thing that I deal with the most, and we've got to understand a few things this morning, and not one of you are born and decide that you're going to be a bad person, not one of you wake up one morning and decide, you know, it's really cool to be a druggie, I'm going to be a druggie. Or, you know what, I think, I think it's a good idea for me to become alcohol, alcoholic. Or, you know, I think maybe it's a great idea for me to have an affair or whatever it might be. And we've got to understand that in, by nature we're all born in the image and in the likeness of God. And in who God, and, and Jeremiah 29, you know, God says He knows the purpose and the plans that He has for us. But we've also got to get the place of understanding that every single person in this room messes up sometime or another. And I think every single one of us growing up have, have messed up and we've, you know, thrown our toys out of the cot or we've done things that we shouldn't offer us, probably should have been in prison already, you know. But we all journey this kinds of stuff. We all go through emotional stuff. And often it's easy to ask others for forgiveness. Sometimes it's easy just to go to someone and say, you know what, I've done this to you and I really apologize. And, and that's great because that's easy to forgive. But what I find the most most challenging when it comes to ministering, to ministering into people's lives and seeing complete healing take place, is that people are unable to forgive themselves and I want to speak a little bit this morning on self-forgiveness you know we've been, the last few weeks we've been really sharing what God is doing and I believe with all of my heart that God's gonna, is about to pour out revival, I think every pastor hopefully, you know wakes up every Sunday morning and says oh, this is it maybe this Sunday revival is going to break out. maybe this Sunday God, you're going to do a great thing but I also realize that God cannot pour something into a broken vessel. And so I've taken the last three or four weeks just to sh- share these thoughts with you and, and, and these moments and just these, these um, lessons, if it would be, for each and every one to come to a place of wholeness, a place where we understand what unity looks like, to come to a place understanding what it's like to forgive others that have wronged us, and then get into a place where we forgive ourselves for what we've done. Now, many people live in that unforgiveness of themselves for many, many years. And that unforgiveness, whether you like it or not, causes an incredible amount of pain in our lives. A incredible amount of pain in what it is that we journey. And it's those things, it's those pains, it's those unanswered questions, it's those feelings of guilt and, and neglect and rejection that ultimately leads us to go down the road or down the rabbit hole where we don't know how we're going to get out of it. And many people just live happily, unhappy for the rest of their lives. And some people can fake it to make it. And some people can put a smile on their face even though their hearts are falling to pieces. And it's very important that you understand the season that we're in right now. I watched a movie this week, I, I can't even remember what the name was. But it was about this motivational speaker that had lost his wife three years earlier in a car accident. And, uh, you know, he would be broken, he'd be sitting in his hotel room drinking and, you know, doing all the crazy stuff, but he wrote this book, and in the book he says, I'm A-OK kind of a thing, I know you guys probably seen the movie, and, but yet he's not AOK. okay But I see him, he stands in the passage, and, he, and he's just broken, and, he's, and he doesn't know how to do this, and his guy introduces him, and he opens the door, and he runs out, and he goes, hey, everybody, and he just lives a completely different life than what he was, Now, he had journeyed for many years believing that he was the cause of his wife's death and nobody would forgive him, basically. And I thought about this in the season we're in right now, and I thought about how many of us are sitting here this morning that we can put a smile on our face, that we can be H-A-P-P-Y if we want to, we can laugh, we can joke, we can do all these kinds of things, but how many of us, at the end of the day, when we look in the mirror, that you're absolutely content with who you are? I think for me, many, many years ago, probably... About 15 years ago, I journeyed some stuff myself and, uh, and uh, just went through a horrible time where I think I was just blaming God and blaming myself and blaming the world for the situation I was in. And I was in the past. I was pastoring this church. Um, and I remember waking up one morning and just having a moment and, and I looked into the mirror and I just, as I looked into the mirror, I felt God say to me, is this what you want your son and daughter to look like? And I stood back for a minute and I thought, God, what are you saying? And I realized exactly what God was saying to me. That in my brokenness and in my my bitterness and in my anger and in my resentment, I'd become not a nice person at home. But to you guys, I was fantastic. To you guys, I was H-E-P-P-Y. To you guys, you know, Pastor Good was doing great. But at home, the kids were suffering, the wife was suffering, I was miserable, everything was going wrong in my life in a sense. And I'll never forget as clear as daylight, that day I looked into that mirror and God just said to me, do you want your kids to be like you? And it was such a challenge to me. It's such a hardship to me because I had to take a real look at myself. You see, the problem with us as human beings is this, is that often we feel so guilty inside of us that we're unable to forgive ourselves. But it's not that we can't forgive ourselves. The problem is this, that we hide it away. We subconsciously put it in this little box. And we put it there in the back of our head. And what we do is, then we just blame someone else, you know. Or quite, we We just like someone to agree with us kind of a thing. But we never deal with this issue in our hearts. Now, Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read there quickly. But Ephesians 2 says this. It says, and, he, and you were made alive. Listen to me. And I'm it's going to come into context. You were made alive when you were dead in your trespasses or your sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, and among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and and, and by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, all right, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, in brackets, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to read this scripture because in our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, Heidi says something profound. It's probably the first time she's ever done it. But she says something profound. <laughs> and she says, We've got to watch our posture when we see God and when we pray and when we, and when we come into His presence. Because often we can pray from from earth down to heaven, but it's so much better than when we start to pray from heaven down to earth. Why? Because the word of God says that we sit it in heavenly places of Christ Jesus. You know, it's great to pray from the space of where I want to receive, but it's great to pray from the place of you still reign and you still God. And you still have this in your life. And I've been challenged and many of you are going to be challenged this week because somewhere along the line that we can live with with the pain and the hurt that's in our lives. Sometimes we can live with the pain and the hurt that we've caused others and and caused our, our family and our friends and going to prison and whatever it might be. There's always a consequence to some decision that you and I make. But yet the toughest thing is that you and I are not able to deal with forgiveness here. You see, we can do all the great things and we can conquer the world and, you know, we can build towers and we can build 150 churches if we want to. But at the end of the day, who are you in Christ? Who are you really? And I want to throw that to you this morning because I really believe if we are come to a place where we are forgiven, a place where we understand that we are whole. A place that we understand that God loves us, irrespective of who we are, what we are, what we've done, what we've journeyed. If we can understand the love and the grace and the mercy of God, and you can live your life in wholeness. And when I speak about wholeness, being completely set free from the things that burden you. You know, Romans 8 8, says, for there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ.'" And I'm listening to me, I'm not negating what you've done because everything we've done has a consequence. But I also understand something, that there was a simple thing that took place in the Garden of Eden. And it was this, that as sin entered the world, what happened? That man and God were separated. Now you might say, good job, but you know what? Um, unforgiveness isn't a sin. I want to tell you, unforgiveness is massive. Because let me tell you something, that if you have unforgiveness in your heart... You know what happens? It will cause a separation from you and God. That if you, what does the word say? If you cannot love yourself, how can you love your neighbor? If you are angry with yourself, how do you are you able to love someone unconditionally when you cannot love yourself unconditionally? How is it possible that you can forgive others so easy? but yet you can carry the burden and the pain and the hurt that's in your own life. And I see far too many Christians. I see far too many people in ministry. I see far too many pastors and and whatever it might be that walk in absolute brokenness for so long. In so much unforgiveness. And you know, it's my fault. It is my fault. It is my fault that we got divorced. It is my fault that my kids ended up in rehab. It is my fault that my parents got divorced. It is my fault, you know, that we lost the job. It is my fault that we haven't got enough money. And often it will be your fault. But remember one thing that I always say in this church, and it's this, that if you live in the past, you can never have a future. You can't dwell between the two. You cannot one day believe that God is more than enough, and the next day believe that he cannot cure common cold. That either is God in your life or is not. And if we continuously live in our past, continuously live in the things that we failed. I mean, if I had to ask who hasn't messed up in this room? Who hasn't failed in this room? Who hasn't gone back and thought, maybe if, maybe if I just worked a little bit harder that marriage. Or maybe if I just gave him or her another chance. Or maybe if I learned to discipline my kid when he needed discipline, he wouldn't be where he is today. Or maybe. You see, maybe means nothing. Because maybe is something that's of the past. I always say to people, whenever you answer, give an answer. Whenever you say but, nothing counts after but. You see, because but is the indecision in your answer. And often but is the indecision in our lives. You are butt good, you don't understand. Listen here, I said this to be last week. There's nothing that you have done that's going to surprise me. But how many you can honestly look at yourself in the mirror this morning and say, I'm happy with who I see. I'm whole, I'm healthy, I'm healed, I'm forgiven. And I'm loved you see the problem is this that often when we when we um, really when God really wants to stir some things in us I don't want to say when he tests us but but when God really stirs some stuff in us you see there's an acid test to everything whether we have forgiven God whether we've forgiven others or whether we've forgiven ourselves and it's very much like this so how do you feel when you see that person how do you feel when you rethink about that moment How do you feel when you hear that story again? Or how do you feel when you watch TV and there's a similar storyline to yours? Now I'll tell you something, if there's anger that comes up and there's resentment and you still want to punch someone in the face, then I don't know if you're forgiven. Or maybe you're forgiven, but I don't know if you're whole. And many times, many of us take a burden upon ourselves. We carry the burden for others. We carry the burden for our kids. We carry the burden for our loved ones. We carry the burden for those around us. Why? Because it's just so much easier for you and I. And I want to this morning just share 10 points with you. 10 points that I believe that we need to reevaluate and evaluate ourselves. This morning, I remember my dad passing. Actually, weird. I had a dream about dad last night. I must tell you. Um, but um, when my dad passed, I remember... That feeling of what if? Who knows who you're talking about? What if I went to go visit him the Saturday, not the Sunday? What if he didn't go camping? What if I'd said something? And many of us live in the what if. But you've got to understand something. It doesn't matter how long you live in the what if, it doesn't change the now. Nothing that you've done in the past, you can change. Nothing absolutely nothing that you've done in the past. You cannot go back and change things. And often I wonder if, 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 if we were able to return to a specific year or a specific date or a specific time in history, how, what would you and I go correct? What would you and I go correct? Ecclesiastes says this, Ecclesiastes says that there's a season to everything under the sun. He says a season to laugh and a season to cry, a season to die and a season to, you know, the whole thing. And he says, then verse 9, I think he says, he says, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but he says that, that every person has a God-given purpose that we need to occupy ourselves with. And then just below that verse 10, you can go read it, he says something like that God, that not, God has not made known to one of us, the end from the beginning. Now think about what I'm saying here, because I want to ask you this question, because I asked it on Monday at a funeral. If you knew what your life would be like, if you knew that you would be born in 1975, and you would die in 2024, if you knew that you would live exactly for 50 years, or you would live exactly for 20 years, how different would your life be? If you knew where the end was, how many, how many of your decisions would be different today? I think I would have made a lot of different decisions. I think one thing definitely, I would have carried less hate and bitterness in me. You know, it's us South Africans, and I speak with all respect, but especially us men, <laughs> you don't forgive, you just get even. <laughs> you know? I mean, like I said last week, somebody has to pay for what they've done. That's the African way, you know? We, somebody needs to pay for this. And once you've paid, I'm going to feel better about it. But it's got nothing to do with that. You see, you and I need to live our lives as if we know the time that we will go. You and I need to live our lives that what if tomorrow is your last day? And if tomorrow was your last day and you get to the pearly gates, how many of you would say, Father, can I just go back for another day maybe? Because I need to say sorry. Or I need to change something. Or, Or I want to do something a little bit different. Oh Lord, I need to be there for my kids because they're not going to cope. What if we knew the beginning from the end? How many of us would make the decisions we still make? How many of us would choose to numb the pain with something instead of dealing with the pain? You see, this is what we do in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness simply is this, that the pain that we're encountering gets numbed. And the next joint is going to make me feel better. And the next line is going to make me feel better. And the next 14 urban are going to make me feel better. And somewhere along the line, we think that something that we put into us is going to make us stronger and better. But you see, the Word of God says a very simple thing. He says this, from the overflow of the heart, I've seen families absolutely tear each other apart, tear each other apart, anger, bitterness, hatred, resentment, what ifs. whether you like it or whether you like it you don't like it, that somewhere along the line, someone around you and maybe you, time will run out you know somewhere we live in society where tomorrow we'll make things better well tomorrow we'll say something or tomorrow we'll make a change or tomorrow whatever what happens if we don't have the tomorrow what happens if we are not occupying our God given space our God given talent Greed in Ecclesiastes, that God has given everyone a God-given talent, a God-given life that God desires for us. And how do we get through this there? How do we get through this process that we're going through right now? One, I said this, identify the pain or the sin or the situation or the action in your life. You see, you can't forgive yourself if you don't know what you're forgiving yourself for. Does that make sense? That if we hold the cricket bat and we don't know what it's for, we can't play cricket. A lot of people, you know, just um, just just insane, God, you know, just just out there kind of a thing. Well, Lord, um, you know, I forgive myself. It's crazy because in Ephesians 4, verse 31 says this: it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. And I read this because, you see, it's great that we keep on speaking about forgiving others, but how about me? How about the things that I've journeyed? How about the things that I've done? Now please, Yummy me yeah, that we've all, like I said before, we've all got drunk and we've done it. Well, most of us got drunk and did all our stuff. And I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about a pain that is in you that just stops you from moving forward. What is that pain? What is that pain? Let me tell you something. One of the biggest pains that I had, and I was going to do that whole sermon next week, but I'm just going to throw it in this week, because we've got Father's Day next week. But one of my biggest frustrations, and many of you guys have heard the story of mine, but when my daughter Carrie Ann passed away, I was so angry with God. Who, know, who who here has not been angry with God? You know, you know what the crazy thing is? Whenever something goes wrong in the world, do you notice that everyone blames God first? Even if they don't believe there's a God, it's His fault. I mean, I'd have atheists tell me, you know what, if, if you serve such a loving God, why don't my mother die? I'm like, you don't, even, you don't even believe in Him, why would He kill your mother? But one of the greatest angers that I had was that anger towards God. And I promise you. For years, I stood still. For years, I thought that I'd forgiven, in a sense. And please get me wrong here, because I don't think we can ask. We can forgive God, because He's 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 perfect. But in my heart, there was this animosity, or this this maybe what's not the right word, but this unexplained anger in me. The, the unanswered question. I think the unanswered question was the thing that destroyed me. God, why don't you let this happen? Surely there was some kind of a a way out. Surely you could have fixed this thing. Surely, God, you should have told me not to buy that Ford. Or, surely, God, you should have told me not to marry that woman if you knew it was going to end in divorce. And I was angry. But I'll tell you one thing, that at the time I was in the world as well. In the time I wasn't serving God, she told myself we're married probably four years. We had Jessica for three years. We were the party house. I was still in the police force. You know, drinking, getting mad, doing my thing. And then this happens. And I thought my whole world had fallen to pieces. And for years after, I carried this bitterness in me because just the overflow of my anger to God became the overflow in my heart. Well, maybe it was my sin that caused the death of my daughter. Maybe it was the way that I spoke to my wife. Maybe it was... And how many... Come on. How many of you go through a situation and you do that whole self-evaluation? Because you want someone to blame... And sometimes when you don't have answers, it's easy to blame yourself. And I was angry and I was bitter with God. And I probably remember eight to nine months later, when this whole thing had calmed down, that um, probably about nine months after the and Chantal fell pregnant again. And I remember in that moment thinking, sure. God, I have been so, so horrible to you. I have not given you the time of day. Why would you consider blessing me with another child? And I remember in that season that the more I ran from God, it's almost like the more God ran after me. You know that scripture that says he'll never leave you nor forsake you? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what I said to him, it didn't matter the accusations I said at him, it didn't matter how I criticized the church, how I condemned the church, I was the worst. I was the biggest hypocrite of them all. And I just found everything. I was angry with the church, I was angry with God, everything. And I remember Josh Higgins born and, you know, went to the whole thing, because now they can billy can fluid and make sure that that he was okay and, and all these kinds of things. And probably about two years after that, I myself went into ministry or became a youth pastor. And I remember just before I preached one day, I got up on the stage. And as I got up on the stage, God said a simple thing to me. He said to me, Kurt, do you understand that Carrie Ann fulfilled the destiny on earth? And I thought about this. And I thought, what are you talking about, God? What are you, what are you talking about? You know, Jesus speaks to, to the Father just before he goes to the cross. You know, And he says, Father, I've completed the work that you've sent me to do. But he hasn't been to the cross yet. So we all think he came to die. But he says, you've completed the work that you've you know, I've, that you sent me for. And in that moment, God just said to me that she only needed those few hours. Because those few hours in her life... Have impacted our lives so much that we've been able to speak to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people over the last 23 years. And if it wasn't for her life, it wasn't for those few hours that she lived, it wasn't for that moment that I was able to hold her and look at her. I don't know if I'd be pastoring a church today. But I know one thing: there was no way that God was going to let me get away. And I want to tell you this morning: I don't care what you're journeying. I don't care how angry you are with God. I don't care how angry you are with yourself. He is not going to let you go. Listen to me. You can run. You can hide. You can do everything you want to. But he's not going to let you go. Firstly, identify the pain and the hurt that's in you. Secondly, accept and take ownership of the situation. If it's you that had an affair, own up take responsibility, if it's you that's messed up in the finances, take responsibility, if you did not discipline your kids when they were young, take responsibility, whatever it is is, two, take responsibility, thirdly, place all the facts in front of you, now I need to do this, because you know there's one thing that I did there, when I started to unpack the stuff that I was fighting with God with and with everyone else with, you know what the challenge was, That 90% of the things I could not forgive myself for, it wasn't about me. It wasn't even a thing. That when I physically put the facts in front of me, it wasn't even a thing. So remember this. Identify the thing. Identify the thing, the unforgiveness in you. What caused you to feel that way? All right. Take, uh, accept the action, take responsibility for it, and thirdly, it says they ask, I'm sorry, place it, all the facts in front of you, fourthly, ask God to reveal to you the hidden pain now listen to you, it's easy for you and I to deal with the things that we know of but it's very hard because you know as human beings, we've got the ability to hide things in our head I think uh, Mark gunga speaks about you know, it's men got boxes you know and I think as a human beings, we all have these little boxes. And I think there's times where we take the hurt and the pain and the things we've said and the things we've done, and we just put it in this nice little box, and we just put it right there in the back of our heads. Because, in fact, we actually don't want to deal with it. And I remember me going through it, something, and, and I just pray and pray and pray. And I'm not like, Bobby took me about a year and a half. And one day God just revealed this pain to me. Let me explain to you. My life changed forever in that instant. God, can you take out the box? Right at the back there. You see, whether we like it or not, so many of us struggle. You know know what we hate? Have you noticed as human beings? We hate someone that is overconfident. Because then we call him vinhat. And we call him for a pride. And we call him arrogant. As soon as somebody believes in themselves... and believes that they're invincible, and they're strong, and they're forgiven, and they're old, and they're healthy, we say, no, that's an idiot. You know, we we want to have, oh, woe to me, you know. Oh, he's such a humble guy. He's so broken. (laughs) We just love broken people. Let's give him a hug. And yet, that's not what God has called you and I to be. He spoke to Joshua, when he conquered Joshua 1 verse 8, he says, have I not commanded you, be bold, Be bold and of good courage. Be bold and of good courage. You cannot walk in your faith if you still continue to walk in brokenness. Ask God to reveal the hidden plan. Second, third, fifthly, rid yourself of the what-ifs. Rid yourself of the what-ifs. There is jack that you can do about your yesterday. Nothing. You can say you're sorry, but you can't fix it. You can't go back to the future in your little car and change things around. Ask for forgiveness where needed. And I want you to write this out. Write this down. Ask for forgiveness where needed. Choose to live and I said this before, in the present and not in the past. You see, the word Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. I know the plans. Not the past. The plans. You're not going to be able to live in the past. But you can live in the plans that he has for you. Are we going to go through a dip? Absolutely. Are we going to go through a hard time? Absolutely. Are we going to fall? Absolutely. Are we going to graze our knee? Absolutely. Are we going to be perfect? Absolutely not. We're human beings. We're fallible. We're going to mess up. Number seven. Believe that you are a new creation. Believe that you are a new creation. And it's very important that we understand this. I just want to read a scripture in 1 John. I'm going to get to make it quickly. 1 John 1 verse 9. 1 John 1 verse 9 says this. Listen to it quickly. He says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and cleanse us for all unrighteousness. Listen to this. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Listen to that. You see, this is the problem. The word of God says that if you're not going to confess your unforgiveness in your own heart towards yourself, what does the word of God says? That if you don't confess that sin, you're making him out to be... I know it's harsh, but it's a fact. That if you think you're unforgivable, you're making him to be a liar. If you think you're unhealable, you're making him out to be a liar. If you're never going to be a whole, you're making him out to be a liar. Because all those promises, the Word actually God says that all his promises are yes and amen. Number nine, I want to read this to you. And I wrote this down. It says, Ask the Father to release. He's peace over you. You see, the word of God says he'll give us the peace as a possible understanding. Now, often, I think Stephen was speaking to me this morning actually about this, Stephen. But but you see, the problem is this is that we think scars are signs of failure. And yet scars, scars are signs of victories. You see, a wound can be a sign of failure. But a scar is a sign of healing. And so often we think that our scars diminish who we are in Christ. So often I think our scars make us less, more worthy and acceptable. But I tell you something, that that every shirt that I take off here, there's going to be scars. And not just stars, but there's going to be a story to it. And your story has to be one of wholeness. And it has to be one of healing. And it has to be one of, he still reigns and he's still God. And it's got to be one of things where impossible, but Jesus. And I walked through, but Jesus. And I was broken, but Jesus. And I was sick, but Jesus. And I was, I was de- depleted, but Jesus. You see, that's what your scars show you. That's what your scars show you. And lastly, Have a clear vision for the future. And hear me when I make that statement. When I speak about having a clear vision for the future, I'm saying you've got to live in a way that you absolutely believe that you are forgiven. Think about it. You see, if I'm constantly living condemnation, I can't have a future. That if I'm probably constantly going to feel like the one that messed up, I'll never move forward. You see, the thing is, is that there's a lot of circumstances and things that got us to where we are today. And don't make a mistake. Some of you have walked through abuse, and some of you walk walked through rape and physical abuse and, and, and all kinds of things. But I've met so many men that were abused as kids, and they still believe it's their fault. I've met so many women that were harassed and abused by their parents and by men and they still believe it's their fault. So many people that have buried loved ones and they cannot move forward. Why? Because they still believe it's their fault. Only God knows the beginning from the end. Only God knows the time that you will be placed on earth. You see, I, I, in closing, said this the other day. We get too caught up often how a person dies. And say if a person, for example, had cancer. You know, we forget about the 55 years they lived the most extraordinary life. And all we speak about is the five months of cancer. You know, we, we, people get divorced after 54 years of marriage. And all people speak about is a divorce but they forget about the fantastic person that they were for 44 years. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know how we're gonna die. We don't know if we're gonna die. But there's one thing that I do know that every one of us are gonna die. And no one can be held liable for our, for their death, unless we physically kill them. There's a lot in our lives that we need to let go. There's a lot in our lives where we need to forgive ourselves. It's easy to forgive sometimes those around us. But this, this is the hard thing. This is the hard thing. Because somewhere along the line, we believe that we need to be punished for what we've done. And so we don't don't endure the consequence of what we've done. We live in the consequence of what we've done. And yet somebody said the other day that your past, your past, and not a prison sentence. We've all messed up. Whether you like it or not, every one of us have all those questions in our head. If it's about our spouses, if it's about our parents, if it's about our kids, if it's about our relationship, what we've done, the things we got involved in, the people we got involved in. We all got those thousands of questions. And yet, when we look in the mirror, more than anything, we should be able to say, I love you. Try it when you get home. Try it when you get home. I want you to try it. I'm not freaked out. Listen to me. Be honest. Listen to me carefully. I want you to take a moment by yourself. I want you to close the bedroom door when you get home. And I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and I want you to tell me that you're okay. Because if you're not, then drop on your knees straight away and ask forgiveness. And not just that. Maybe look, stand up again and look in that mirror and go, I forgive you. Go look in the mirror. It's a challenge. You know what the problem is? Is that we never stop for a minute just to reflect in who we are and what we've become. Because there's so much stuff around us, so much stuff happening, so much business, so much noise around us, that just keeps us from the presence of God. Yes, your kid might be a druggie, yes, your daughter might be a prostitute, I don't know. But I tell you something, when you learn to love yourself as Christ loved you, you will become irresistible to your kids. Listen to me, listen to me. I said to someone the other day that's, that's involved in the most horrible, horrible fight with their family. And I said this, I don't care what was said and what was done. I still don't believe there's any reason not forgiving someone. As hard as what it might be, as hard as what it might be, our kids, they're going to mess up. They're still messing up. In fact, their parents are still messing up. Don't you look like angels all of a sudden, oh, my kids, you know. <laughs> I was the perfect parent, you know. You know what I love? In Kids. They don't do what you tell them to do. They do what they see. They do what they see. Can we stand? And I want you just to close your eyes this morning and I. I just want you to stand there for a minute. And I know it feels like such a heavy message this morning. But guys, let me tell you something, that when I, and still today, and, and you know what, I might, I don't know, I don't know. But till this very day, that when I have that moment and I close that bedroom door and I look at myself in the mirror, I still become so emotional. And I'm not emotional because I'm broken. I'm emotional because I've been redeemed. There's a big difference. There's a big difference of tears of sadness and there's a big difference between tears of joy. You know there's an old song that we sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I'll tell you something, that song rings so true in our lives still this day. And Father, I want to pray this morning for every bit of scale that is on people's eyes. Lord, for every sin or every bit of unforgiveness that is hidden in those little boxes way back there in the back of our memories. I want to pray for all those what-ifs. And why me? I want to pray for all that unforgiveness that is so in our heart that, that the time just explodes out of our mouths. And Father, there are many here that don't even know why they're so angry. Don't even know why they carry that spirit of anger, that spirit of resentment, that spirit of bitterness. And, And Father, I know it's not easy just to forgive and forget. But Father, I know that this one thing is this, that we have been saved by grace. There's one thing I know, Father, that your word says that you will never leave me nor forsake me. It actually says that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love that you have for me in Christ Jesus. And Father, that unforgiveness and that sin has sometimes held me, often held me back from worshipping you in spirit and in truth. And Father, there are times where I don't understand why I don't feel like spending time in the Word, I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like singing, I don't feel like going to church. But to me, you see, Father, those are all symptoms of something that is not right in my life. Because there's no place my soul rather wants to be than in your presence. before we eat that next line or roll that next joint before we run to that medicine cabinet or the next bottle of whiskey or whatever it might be before we burst into a fit of rage and say things we shouldn't say or get into that next fist fight you've got to find out what's causing you what's that trigger because you cannot tell me you enjoy alcohol it tastes terrible but yet, 90% of the world is addicted to this stuff. You see, with its medication, with its alcohol, with its drugs, with its anger, with its fist fighting, with its whatever, they all symptoms of something that is not well. They're symptoms of something that is not dealt with in your life. And it might be anger towards your dad or anger towards... Your mother, angry towards your brother, angry towards somebody else. Let me tell you something. 99% of the time they don't even know that they've wronged you. And you are carrying that bitterness and that anger in you. And as you stand in this place this morning, I want you just to stand and say, Father, here I am. Come and make me whole come and heal me. Come and deliver me. Come and help me forgive myself and help me forgive others. And, and Father, even at times where I felt the, the need to be angry with You, would You release forgiveness towards me? And whatever it is that's causing the trigger, whatever it is that's causing the anger, whatever it, if it's the abuse or whatever it might be, Father, I wanted this morning just breathe out, just release that thing to you right now. And come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, just come. You know, there's an old song we used to sing that says, "Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by." And I just—it feels like just like I almost feel like I just feel like almost like the Holy Spirit just. Coming around right now with offering baskets in the craziest of things. C- can I do something stupid? Can I, Stephen? Can you grab a collection basket? Jason, can you grab a collection basket? And, and I want you to pass it around. And I don't want your money. I don't want your money. You know what I want? I want you to put your pain inside here. I want you to put your unforgiveness inside you. How's that, Devil? Amazing grace.